Hi, I'm Kelsey Harrison, and this is the Get Wild Podcast, where each episode we dig into ways to reclaim your most wild and authentic self. Welcome to the Get Wild Podcast. Today I have Courtney on here. Courtney is an embodied health and wellness practitioner. She's a yoga teacher, a graduate student in social work. She is also a craniosacral facial therapist, somatic body worker, and authentic relator. She was born and raised in Northern Idaho and currently lives in the Philadelphia suburbs. So Courtney, this is super fun because we've did a podcast on your podcast already. So it's sort of like the second half of our conversation together. And just go ahead and add in anything that you feel like you want to share about your your journey, how you got to where you are in your business, what your business looks like, and just anything else you want to add. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Kelsey, I love that how you framed uh, this recording as, as like part two of our conversation, as I know our our conversation that we had over on my podcast felt very much like it needed a part two. (laughs) So I'm excited to be continuing uh, it today. And yeah, Kelsey gave a wonderful introduction. Um, Yeah, my name is Courtney Winju. I am, as she stated, a yoga teacher, a craniosacral fascial therapist. Um, I've, I've immersed myself into the work of somatics and somatic wellness, especially in the last few years. Um, and I am about halfway through my grad program in social work to become a licensed clinical social worker um, and mental health therapist. Um, and yeah, I am a mother of a toddler, so so very much facing the woes of, of toddlerhood and, and new changes right now. Um, yeah, I'm a sister, a daughter. I, I love the mountains. I love adventure. Um, I have spent I spent quite a lot of my twenties traveling, living in Australasia and Sydney and in different parts of New Zealand, and uh, and yeah, I it's it's travel and cultural immersion and just like immersing myself into the human experience is is something that I wish to do so much of in this lifetime and, and getting to know other people's lives and stories and and. Yeah, really what makes them them. That's that's what wanted to surface today. Yeah. So can you start by just giving a little bit more information on what craniosacral facial therapy is and also what somatic body work is? I think those are probably two topics, um, I mean, that obviously you're passionate about, but also that are are newer to a lot of people and probably a lot of the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So yeah, we'll start with craniosacral fascial therapy, um, which really stems from two different modalities, craniosacral, which is often shortened as CST, and then um, fascial work or like myofascial release. Um, I know a lot of people who who receive massages are familiar with like myofascial massages or myofascial physical therapy. Um, And this is just basically like, well, 
to break it down, working with our fascial system, so this this webbing, this connective tissue that encompasses our entire body, um, it, it houses our organs, our bones, our muscles, our, our everything. And so there's been a lot of research more recently in the last couple of decades in um, fascial release and how like sometimes, um, I guess a good way to describe it is going to the chiropractor if, if any listeners go to the chiropractor and your chiro might massage you a little bit before or or stretch you out or use their little massage gun. Um, and that that's really from the lens of a cranial sacral fascial therapist to help release fascia, which can then give you a deeper adjustment um, or, or provide you, offer you deeper release in your body. Um, so what we do with craniosacral fascial therapy is combine both light touch, uh, to the cranium, the sacrum, uh, the flat of your back connected to your tailbone, and then the entire length of your spine. And I like to view the spine as like a surge protector where we've got all different cords that can plug into it. Um, this could be like mental, emotional, physical roles that we play in life, et cetera. Um, and, and also just like how it governs our physiological body. And, um, and so what craniosacral offers is like kind of like a reset for the central nervous system. And it encourages cerebral spinal fluid to, to flow more, more freely um, throughout the brain and spinal cord. Um, and then the fascial work, it's really cool because like once the cranial sacral system like tends to loosen up and relieve um, and allow for relief to happen, then we can also man manipulate uh, our body's fascia, which could be tight from previous sports we've played or from injury or from childbirth or from emotional trauma. Um, and so it's really what I love about it is that it's a holistic approach to like somatic wellness, meaning just working with our body. Um, and that's a perfect segue into somatic body work, which for those of you listening, you might be familiar with the term soma or somatic, which really just means body. Soma is the, the, the root, the Latin root for body. Um, and it's kind of a buzzword nowadays. And really, I, I tend to tell people like it's it's not that it's not nothing complicated, right? It's not rocket science. It's just getting familiar with our bodies. Um, and I'm noticing that the somatic piece has been very much more integrated into the clinical psychology and mental health realm um, a lot more, um, which is different than in the past, right? Like in clinical psychology, it's been all about studying the mind. And now we're seeing a lot more of the, the mind-body, um, which then even just speaking those two is two things offers a perfect segue into yoga and like yoga philosophy, um, which has also informed my practice and my being. So it's, it's this really just cool intersectionality between like mind, body, spirit, and all of those things. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> when you were just talking about the cranial sacral fascial, my, I felt like my spine was like, I became aware of my spine just listening to you talk. And it, first of all, it sounded sounds amazing. I've never experienced it, but I now I want to. And I was like, wow, I need that. I need a reset of my nervous system and everything that's connected to it. Um, and so have you, did you experience this in your, like, did you seek it out or experience it in a, in a situation? And that's what led you to pursue offering it to people? 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And in fact, how it happened is, is kind of kismet. Um, but yeah, when I embarked on my own really more mental emotional healing journey, but there was definitely a physical component to it as there always is. When I was like 24 years old, I would say that was kind of um, my like, well, the phoenix rising from the ashes analogy. And I was like in the depth of it at, at around 24 years old. And, and I remembered a mentor of mine who, this is wild. She got hit by a train and ejected out her car uh, window and survived. Um, and she said craniosacral therapy was the only thing that relieved her constant migraines she had from the accident. And there was just, I don't know, like the domino effect happened in my spirit or in my body. And I was like, craniosacral therapy, like I should try that out. And um, luckily in my hometown, there are a few practitioners. And so I, I went and really for me, like I was also, I should say, I was also in like talk therapy and I was doing yoga and I was playing around with like holistic wellness and nutrition. And so there are a lot of juggling parts and pieces. But what I loved about craniosacral therapy is it was so subtle and so gentle. And um, I would say it's such a somatic experience or experience of the body. One could walk out of a session and their mind would be like, dude, nothing just happened. Like that was like, so, you know, so gentle. And in my experience, I was, that's what I loved about it. I was like, I wasn't like getting a deep, deep tissue massage or I wasn't getting like harshly adjusted, um, such as at the chiropractor. It was just this gentle, embracing, almost like motherly touch. And I noticed just so much healing like happening in between sessions. Um, and that's what really, really took my fancy to it. And so it was similar to yoga. It was like, okay, dock at that. I want to do a training in the future, um, which I kind of allow like divine spirit to guide. It's like, okay, it'll arrive um, when it's meant to. And that happened this earlier this year um, upon deciding I wanted to do a training and looking to see uh, what trainings were near Philadelphia. And CFT or craniosacral fascial therapy came about. Um, so I drove myself down to, to Chapel Hill, North Carolina to take the training and it was very impulsive. And I honestly didn't even know upon arriving that it had the fascial component to it. I had no clue uh, <laughs> because there's a couple, a couple different, um, there's several, but if they're like one of the bigger governing bodies for cranial sacral work is called the Upledger Institute. Um, and CFT or craniosacral fascial therapy in which I was trained through is more of a grassroots, smaller approach. Um, and actually the man who created it is local to the Philadelphia area. So that was kind of cool. Amazing. I love how you put it out there in the universe that you wanted to experience this training and then allowed it to show up for you rather than seeking it and uh, like forcing it to happen. And then went out on an impulse and and it was the perfect thing for you. I love that part of the whole story. Hmm. Just yeah. kind of goes right in line with tuning in and the softness, almost the subtlety, which is what you loved about the practice itself was how subtle it is and how soft it is. And your journey with becoming tr trained within it was also soft and subtle and just snuck up on you, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I love Kelsey that that's what, what stood out to you and that what's reflecting back to me is like kind of this internal giggle or chuckle that's like, yeah, and that's, it's kind of how I live my life, right? And I won't say this is always how I have because um, I spent a lot of my adolescent years like forcing, trying, controlling, trying to make things happen. Um, yeah, whereas now and in more, more recent years, it's been like, well, let's kind of dock it that it doesn't need to happen right this second unless spirit um, or gut is like, no, it does. Like it's happening now. <laughs> and like, you know, open up your search engine and search for that training now, um, which I've definitely had those moments such as this CFT training. Um, but just in life, it's like, okay, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to dock at that and, and I'm going to wait, allow for it to come. Amazing. So in the Philadelphia area, you obviously offer CFT and then you teach yoga and what other what other parts of your business are do you have offering? Yeah, great question. So yeah, formal introduction to my business, which is called Soul to Soul Wellness, S-O-L-E, as in soul of your foot to S-O-U-L. Um, spiritual soul, which the play on words there was like again, the full the full embodiment of wellness. And um, my end goal for my business is to, to incorporate my, my talk therapy and my role as a, as a therapist um, and practitioner into this business model um, and then also incorporate like somatic services such as um, somatic body work, um, which I didn't really um, go deep on that, but, but you can do something as simple as like, put, it's kind of like a guided meditation, right? Like you can put someone in a seated um, position, maybe you are in a talk therapy session and um, you just walk them through like 15 minutes of somatic experiencing or somatic healing, you know, such as kind of yoga nidra style or body scan style, um, leading them through certain, certain parts of their body. And then there's also a side to it, which is very like somato-emotional. So we're going to different places in our body um, and then we're seeing what, what, it, what comes up, what arises. Is there blocked emotion there? Is there kept trauma? Um, is there something that we can relieve and release? Um, so that's, yeah, that's the somatic body work side of it. Obviously, I've expanded on CFT. Um, and then the other um, offerings currently in my, my infancy of my business as I just started it in January of this year um, are events and um, gatherings. And then also something that's kind of on the precipice right now um, is authentic relating, um, which is pretty much what it sounds like, just teaching humans how to speak and connect in a very honest and raw and open and authentic way. Um, so I'm doing a, an embodiment, authentic relating training right now through Art um, International. And yeah, I hope to be offering both in-person and virtual um, authentic relating circles. Um, I've never heard of authentic relating. I think that is fascinating. I, I, like to believe that I live in a, in a way where I practice authentic relating, right? But to have an actual training and probably method and format and um, practice of it, right? Rather than, you know, if someone asks me that if I'm fine, I try and be fully vulnerable and honest in, in situations such as that, rather or ask me how I am, right? Rather than saying I'm fine, 
being authentic and vulnerable, but there's probably so much more to expand within that for the authentic relating, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And Kelsey, I love, I love, I really appreciate your framework around that because folks like yourself, and I, I would argue folks who, maybe not all, but a lot of people who have really immersed themselves into like self-study and yoga philosophy, like kind of we've, it's been self-taught or learned, right? Like, oh, okay, this is kind of how I show up on my map. This is how I show up in the world, like stripping back layers, stripping back the ego, et cetera. Um, so as you said, like, this is probably something I'm already doing to an extent. And going back just to the buzzword somatic, like that's often what I tell people too, is like, guys, this isn't rocket science. We're just kind of re-becoming human, right? Mm -hmm. We've been like conditioned in so many ways to become, I often use the robot analogy, like these little beep, beep boppers in society. And it's like, oh no, like, hey, let's actually stop and like make eye contact, extended eye contact with someone, a stranger. And um, in the, so it's like, I say this because one, we don't always need, I, I will always say like, you don't need a training for everything, right? Like a lot of this stuff is just lived experience. And as you said, like it can be very helpful, such as in the, in the form of a facilitator or practitioner to just have a little bit more framework. Um, so in authentic relating, we're using just as an example, a lot of language, like, you know, I, I see in you or you make an observation and then, and then basically elicit or speak to a feeling like, you know, I see that you have a painting in the background on Zoom, right? Like it makes me curious if, if you like art, it'd be something as simple as that. And then they might reflect back to you if that brings up anything within them. Um, and then using a lot of similar to like nonviolent communication framework of like, I hear you, I see you, what I heard you say, um, which definitely is a practice in and of itself because feel like so often we um, as humans listen to respond rather than listen to receive. Um, and so it's a beautiful practice of, of that. Amazing. I'm going to be looking into this. <laughs> Thank you for sharing it. When when is your training for that? So currently it's it's online. It's um, we just had our first week last week um, and we meet three hours um, weekly. It's a six week training. Um, yeah, I think that the courses are pretty like they're priced accordingly. They feel pretty fair. And um, they are, there are um, like two two day immersive trainings all over the world as well in the States, in Europe, in Central South America. Um, so they offer both. That's really, amazing. Yeah. So, and so you are also in grad school and for social work and are you hoping to be able to bring these tools to, and combine them with social work and bring them to the people you would be working with? hundred percent. And that's part of the, like the beauty of the unknown, right? Is Currently, I'm kind of like piecing all of these different things together. And for those of you who know or are interested in human design, I am a manifesting generator. Which <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I figured. I was like, I have. <laughs> um, yeah. So I like to do all, all the things and I need a sense of versatility um, and variety in the work that I do. And um, and so, so yes, is the short answer. And then the long answer is like, I don't really know what what 
it will be. I don't know what will come. I do have a vision. I do have goals like I alluded to with Soul to Soul Wellness. And the rest is like dot, 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 right? Like <laughs> what will unfold? Yeah, I think that is the the balance that we need in life, right? We can't plan out everything. It's good to have goals and things you're working towards and also good to tell the universe that you're open to whatever it is it's going to present you. And it's probably going to be something that you couldn't even imagine and be better than you be better than what you could imagine, right? The universe is going to throw something at you and you're going to be like, "Oh, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. This is my purpose. This is bringing it all together." And that's the beauty of, you know, letting, letting go, trusting the universe or God or whatever, and leaning into that unknown. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I feel called to share, um, just in the honor of authentic relating and vulnerability and, and also like hope, um, and trust it, like a real life application of that, um, so recently, I, I saw that Authentic Relating International was hiring a part-time um, remote, like, ops, admin ops person. And I was like, oh, dope. Like, I'm just going to apply to that and see what happens. Um, as it's feeling I'm trying to create this the sustenance of my income coming from a place that feels really aligned and wholehearted and connected. Because um, currently, my full-time income is in finance, which is kind of hard to believe. And I don't often talk about, um, but yeah. So anyway, I didn't get the, this role with authentic relating international. And I was like, Oh, bummer. Like I was feeling jazzed about that, but you know, that's okay. I wasn't like down in, in the, in the dumps about it. And then literally the next day I got an email from one of my professors um, saying that, you know, they're looking for people to, to hop on a research project with them. And it's uh, the content and the topic is around like trauma in systems, like trauma in like corporate. So bringing a trauma informed lens to like corporate systems, to organizations. And I was like, you know, like activate my inner nerd was like, dude, this is awesome. And I want to be a part of this. And it's just so interesting because even when choosing my grad programs, I teetered and tottered for a while deciding between like organizational behavior management and industrial psychology, um, organizational psychology, because I really like systems and I really like to enact, be a catalyst for change. And ultimately, I decided I, I wanted to work more on the individual level uh, as a therapist um, in the emotional mental health realm. But I, I, I wanted to speak to this because it felt like this other, you know, curveball coming out of left field that was like, oh, OK, so this is kind of both like, you know, you're taking the trauma informed lens to larger systems and asking organizations, you know, what what trauma-informed practices that they have. And that really excites me. I'm, I'm excited for you. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, definitely. It's that, that quote of when, when, when one door closes, another one opens. And as cheesy as it is, it's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the, I mean, the, for the authentic relating training, it's not like that door it's closed, but it's just, you know, it's, it's not the route you're going right now. And then something else appears. And 
I mean, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And I'm excited for you. And hopefully it all is going to land. I mean, it will, it'll all land exactly as it's supposed to within your life um, and allow you to make that income from somewhere you feel aligned with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, I mean, you're doing a lot, right? You have a lot of education, you have a lot of learning. What in your life up to this point, right? Because you've, you said you started, um, you had a, what did you say, a turning point at the age of 24 or something? And that's when you started really trying to discover more. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say were moments in your life that were pivotal or that really turned you towards the lifestyle that you now live? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, what's interesting with, with the number in the age 24 is I, so the number 12 has, has always been meaningful to me. I was born on the 12th day of the month. Um, it was like my soccer number growing up 12 and 22. I always like felt abundance with those numbers. And, um, I've noticed in my life, I kind of like it, it makes me query what's coming at age 36 because I have 12, 12 year cycle of kind of a, a pitfall mm-hmm. happening. Um, so at age 12, I, um, I battled severely battled eating disorders, um, which is crazy to think about because I was a baby, you know, I was 12 years old and, you know, I, yeah, I was immersing myself in the middle school. I also had older sisters. So I was seeing their bodies change and, and thought that, that's what mine was supposed to do too. And I was feeling social pressure and social anxiety at school. Um, so I, I, I almost got to the point of hospitalization. Like it was not going well. And I was, I was heading into, I'm young for my grades. I was heading into eighth grade and, um, my parents were like, look, court, it's, it's like hospital, you know, you, hospitalization or like we we get this this together um, by going to counseling and utilizing family support. And it's so funny because my eighth grade, little eighth grade mind at the time was like, I'm not missing school. Are you kidding me? Like, and I've always been such a just an academic. And I was like, no. Um, what was interesting about that is so I chose to like stay at home and go to therapy and yeah, accept support from my family. And um, yeah, and I would say it, it like it worked and I got to a place where I was healthy and I was I was maintaining um, for the most part my wellness. But it, it, there was a part of that too that was kind of a mask of like, well, this this will just work for now. Um, so there are definitely periods in my life throughout high school, throughout college with heightened stress where – um, disordered eating would represent itself. And my mind would be like, damn it, Gort, I thought we beat this, you know, or thought we, and it's so similar to, to addiction in which I don't have personal experience with, but it's like, ah, you feel like you have a handle on it until you don't. Um, and so, but, you know, just, I think it was, I know that was so defining for me. For one, it happened at a young age and unfortunately, Fortunately, it does for many, um, especially female bodied people. Um, yeah. And then, you know, really like 20 to 24 was like pretty, 
pretty great. I was soul searching. I was traveling. I was finishing up undergrad. I was kind of doing a lot of self-exploration. Um, did my yoga teacher training then. And then 24, I was in Costa Rica. I ran out of money traveling and I, I was like, okay, Court, you can stay here and like volunteer and teach yoga places and work in the jungle uh, or you can go back home and to Northern Idaho. And that's what I chose to do. And I, that was like this emotional, mental, emotional experience, as I alluded to previously of like, oh shit, like I have nothing to run from anymore. You know, like I'm not gallivanting across the world. I I'm here, like in a very familiar place where childhood trauma occurred in my family's house, you know, in, in this like small town environment. And I, I didn't really have a choice anymore other than to just face it. Um, which is how the healing space, um, really, you know, informed me and interested me to, to then become, um, yeah, a somatic healer and a therapist. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I got, I got emotional uh, listening to you talk about your younger self. Just 12 years old is a baby. <laughs> it's a baby. And unfortunately, so many people, especially women, but everybody goes through these, this, this mental battle. And sometimes it turns into physical, maybe it's depression or eating disorder or whatever it is. And I, first of all, it's like, kudos to your parents for taking action, whereas other parents might not. And that's how my parents are as well. Like, I'm so grateful. My parents also had me in therapy when I was like 14 because of my bad attitude and fighting with my parents and whatever. My dad was like, we're going to go therapy because we're going to, we're going to handle whatever is happening within you. And why, why is this happening? And how can we make it better? How can we create, you know, those long-term tools to help us. Um, but it's, it's not, a, most people don't have that or they don't have a support system that's going to speak up or take action to help them. And I don't know. I don't really even know where I'm going this. I just got emotional about it uh, on my end mm -hmm. because it's a part of so many of our stories and some people haven't healed from it, right? They haven't addressed it. They haven't faced those things. And now as women, as mothers, we look at those younger versions of ourselves and we just want to hug them and, and, and hold them and help them to move forward as well. Um, yeah. And when you were also just talking about your 24 year old self, I too, why well, did my teacher training? I think I was 22 years old when I did my teacher training, but I feel like 24 was a pivotal year in my life too, because that's when I broke up with my long-term boyfriend whom I was living with and I didn't have a job and I didn't have savings or an income. And I was living in Charleston away from my family and I decided to stay in Charleston regardless. And I was like, I will, I, I remember I broke up with him October 1st, which had been like an eight month breakup where I had broken up. And then we went to couples therapy. We thought we would work it out. We didn't. And then I, it, I turned 24 in June and October 1st, I was like, I came back from leading my first solo yoga retreat and was like, we're done. 
I'm going to move out. I'm going to live on my friend's couch for the next two months until I figure it out. And then it was less than three weeks later that I uh, interviewed and received the job as the studio manager at my studio here in Charleston that I no longer manage, but still teach at. And that was a salary position in yoga, which is unheard of. Right. And so not only is it like, yes, that's a pivotal year and all of these shifts happen, but also I opened the door. I made a decision that was in alignment with what I wanted to move into in the future. And it allowed me to, the, it opened up a space for the universe to give me that support and that job. Um, so I relate a whole lot to your story and I thank you for sharing it and for being vulnerable and also for, you know, just, just for all of it, for being authentic about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm always, I'm always happy to, right. And maybe that's not the, like the through line emotion, um, but I'm, I'm always willing to, I'm always eager to, um, as I think, as I wholeheartedly believe, wholeheartedly believe that's, that's like the quintessential human experience. And, um, yeah, that it's like the muckier, yuckier sides of ourselves are, are in, end up being what, what connect us. And, um, yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you for creating spaces for stories to be heard. And now we just have to see what 36 holds for you, right? <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. This is only recently, somewhat recently, where I was like, oh, huh, 12. That seems to feel familiar. So we'll see. Well, I, I'm sure whatever happens is going to once again, create a lot of change in your life, probably positive, and mm -hmm. that you have so many tools now in your toolbox to figure out what to do and how to manage it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, oh, thank you. So yeah, just to start to wrap it up a little bit, um, what is some inspiration, something you live by. It could be a quote. It could just be a, um, just, just any, any little thing that is, has really been resonating with you lately, or maybe something that you live your life by a mantra of some sort that you'd want to share. Yeah, I'll share one. This has been a, a mantra for a while, um, but it, it feels like it really has been showing up lately in my life. And that is, you never know who you're going to meet. And I find myself telling myself that often in context of like social engagements or commitments I made, maybe as a professional commitment, or maybe I said I'd help a friend out um, and I'm like, you know, leading up to getting ready to go. And I'm like, oh, damn it, Courtney, why'd you, like, why'd you say yes to this? And, and then I just, it's just a quick mental reframe. I'm like, but you never know who you're going to meet. You know, it could be mm -hmm. your business partner. It could be your life partner. It could be someone who tells you, like, you know, opens up emotion um, by telling you their story. It could just be someone who frustrated you. It could, like, I just, I think that there's so much to be learned, again, from, like, the interpersonal human experience and as someone who really values human connection and um, and relational connection, that's, that's something that I've taken with me. I love that. And while I am extroverted, I don't do well, like with late night functions and different 
things like that. And so you and I are both in the women up group with the women's networking group. And we had an in-person event a couple weeks ago and it started at 7 PM, which is basically my bedtime. (laughs) I'm in bed by 8.15 normally. So I was like starting at 7, 30 minutes away. This is a commitment. But I went and I was so glad I did. Right. And it's, that's just something I, I, I also tell people like, if you don't like it, you can leave. And I think that both of those are really good together for getting us off our butts and out of the house. Um, Like you never know who you're going to meet. And if you don't like it, you can just leave. You can go home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I love how that one, that last one you spoke to um, brings an agency, right? It's like, Hey, you always at any point can turn around. You can say no. And I think yeah. so often I and we as a species forget that. Yeah. And that's just with even any decisions in the, any decisions. Right. And that's, oh, I'm going to chase this dream or I'm going to move across the country. Well, you can move back. You can go back. You can quit that job. You can go back, find another job that if you don't like this new one and nothing is permanent. So we can change and create whatever it is we want to. Yes. Yes. And I'm feeling so strongly to, to attach onto that. No one cares. Like, <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean this to be pessimistic, but it's really validated my own like, oh, well, what are they going to think of me if I like, and I've done this. I've like taken outdoor rec jobs and committed for a full summer, gotten there, hated it and left after two weeks. And on the internal Courtney side of things, that really frustrates me. And then on the external side, I get all this anxiety because I'm like, they're going to think I'm not committed. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dude, no one cares. And when we often are having this heightened, anxious conversations, internal conversations with us ourselves, we're not thinking about the people who are going to be super stoked to see you again, you know, and the like yoga studio who wants to take you back and your family who's, who's happy to have you home again. And, and so I just think that's important to, to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And also no one cares in the sense of, um, almost on the opposite end of where, when it comes to having your own business, we have to post things, we have to market ourselves, we have to sell, we have to be vulnerable, but nobody cares, right? So it's like, in our minds, posting this Instagram post or this story or sharing, are we annoying people? Is this too much? Is anyone going to read this? What if nobody responds? And it's like, we've built all of this stuff up in our heads around something that's it just doesn't it doesn't exist like all of that everything is made up in our own minds mm-hmm. yeah um, love that you never know who you're gonna meet you mm-hmm. can always leave or change your mind and nobody cares yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well Courtney thank you so so much for your time once again I love freaking talking to you mm-hmm. um Go ahead and just share where people can connect with you, your social media, your website, and I will post it all in the show notes, And but just to share what you have offered. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, My Instagram is soul to soul wellness LLC, again, S-O-L-E to S-O-U-L, and my website is soul to soul wellness.com. 
And um, if you're in the Philadelphia area, I offer 15% off for any first time cranial sacral or somatic sessions. Um, I do do those in home. So I'm willing to drive up to like 20 miles um, in, in the area. If you're popping through Philly, please reach out and, and, and let me know, hit me up. Um, and then, yeah, I've got some kind of re- retreats and, and events um, that, are, that are in the works at the moment as well. So you can find more about those there. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Get Wild podcast. My name is Kelsey Harrison. If you're looking to come on a yoga retreat or connecting, please reach out to me. You can find me at getwildretreats.com and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.